Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we choose this morning you. We choose to walk your way. And Father, I thank you today that you have... Uh, You're in this place by your Holy Spirit. You are touching every heart in this place right now. And God, as a a family of believers, God, we stand in your presence right now. We're grateful and we're thankful for what it is that you've done, doing and what you're going to do. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody agreed with me and said, amen. Come on, why don't we give him praise in this place today? Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And thank Lozzie and the band. Love you guys. Awesome. Hey, you can just high five your neighbor. Tell them they're looking good this morning as you take your seats. Fantastic. Awesome. Can you just bring me down just a tiny bit? I'm really loud. And I'm loud at the best of times, so hallelujah. How you all doing? Great to see you in church. You are free to uh, come further down towards the front row if you do feel that way. Jenny and Vincent, back row rebels. Do I need to get you down the front in prayer this morning? <laughs> That's all right. You're just keeping your eye on all those other backseat rebels up the back there. Ah, <laughs> uh, Praise God. Well, good morning, church. We are in our third week of a series, God Made You On Purpose. And Pastor Christian launched us off, and it was a great word. And then Pastor uh, Paul, Peter Walsh came last week, and he just backed it up again with another phenomenal word. And so this morning, I'm going to continue on that series, God Made You On Purpose, uh, for a reason, for a season, for a time such as this. And, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm more excited about the church now than I was last week. Amen? Because I just feel like as the weeks roll on, God's church is going to shine brighter than ever. Because we read in Scripture that every knee is going to bow to the name of the Lord. And we're going to see the Holy Spirit poured out upon the church like we've never seen it before. And I believe we're starting to move into these times where we're really going to see God's Spirit at work. And the the signs and the wonders are going to follow. And we are going to see a believing body of people rise up and take a stand against what the enemy is trying to do out there. Amen. So I want you to get excited with me today. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, I do get a little bit passionate. So just go with me. Amen. And it's going to be awesome. Look, it's a simple message this morning as we continue on our series, God Made You On Purpose. And I really want to just focus the message this morning around prayer. I just really feel it is time, Christian friend, you and I started to wake up in prayer afresh and anew and go to a level of prayer that you and I maybe have never been to before. I so believe there is power in prayer and I think that you and I sometimes don't pray enough. Amen. And hear my heart today because I think if there's a company of people that pray more, I think we're going to see more. Amen. God is actioning the prayers of his saints in this place. And so um, just pre- uh, previously, I spoke on a purpose-driven life and I shared some things um, just around living on purpose and that there are so many people out there that we come across in our day-to-day routine who aren't living on purpose. In fact, they just live each day out and there's really not much purpose to their life at all and they find themselves in situations where they can't see a way out. And I really uh, want to share further on that this morning through prayer, but I believe we find our purpose through prayer. 
and we continue on our road of purpose and God's will for our life through that constant communication with him. I shared a scripture, Colossians 1.16, that everything got started with God and finds its purpose in God. You know, friends, you and I have people in our world that will try and find their purpose in absolutely anything else that the world will offer them, but guess what? They will never find it. They will only find it in God. We were here because God created us to be here. Amen? We're not freak accidents. We're not a mistake. We're not just a chance love affair that happened and then as a result, you and I hear God planned every person to be on this planet for such a time as this. And as Pastor Christian shared that message that God knows us that intimately, that he knows the hair on our head before we were even born. That's an incredible, incredible, intimate love from the Father toward you and I. And I really thought about this week, you know, as I was bringing the message, what would be one of my most passionate wishes for every person on this planet. And I thought, Lord, if now before I be to glory, I had the opportunity to see people, number one, come to know you, and number two, grow in you, then that would be the two things that I would wish for. And so that is why I've got a real passion and a heart to uh, just, again, go into the power and the purpose of prayer, because I believe that's where, as Christians, we grow. It's one of the key elements to the purpose that we have here on earth is to have constant communication with our Creator. Amen? Not more commitment, not more service, not more ministry starting up here and there, more prayer. Because out of more prayer, these things just happen. More commitment happens, more service happens, more love for the things of God happen out of that relationship of prayer. I've got a little bit of an introduction this morning. So Emily, you are awesome, can I just say, up the back there on the screen, taking the mandle of sound and words and the Dodwells on the back, look at that this morning. Can we give them a round of applause? They are awesome. Brother and sister duo. So people, we're going to turn to the screen for just a moment. I've got something for you to watch. A family that had acquired a little new kitten. And they were playing with their new kitten in the garden. And the kitten went up a tree and it got stuck between two sharp branches. And it couldn't get out. And it was in a lot of distress. And the family tried to get to the little kitten, but because of all the branches, it was very difficult to get to it. But the father was a pastor, and he was always coming up with great ideas. So he says, don't worry, daddy to the rescue. I'm going to get my car, I'm going to get a rope. I'm going to tie the rope around the tree, I'm going to tie it onto the car. I'm going to get in the car, I'm going to drive a bit, the tree will come down, and then we'll be able to manoeuvre around and we'll be able to save the little kitten. Everyone said, Daddy, to the rescue. Daddy gets his car, gets the rope, ties the rope around the tree, ties it onto the car, gets in the car, begins to drive, slowly, slowly, the trees bending, bending. The car's moving. As the car moves, as the tree bends, the rope snaps. As the rope snaps, the tree flings back and the little pussycat goes flying in the opposite direction. And that's the end of the story. Two weeks later, the pastor is visiting a member of his congregation. 
He knocks on the door, the door opens, the lady says, Pastor, come in. As he walks in, there in the hallway was his little kitten. He knew it was unmistakable. So he didn't want to say to her, that's my kitten. So he said, that's a lovely little kitten you've got. Have you had her long? She says, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. But it was two weeks ago. It was a hot, sunny Saturday afternoon. And I was in my garden with our little son, Johnny. And Johnny said, Mummy, please, can we have a kitten? And I said, no, we are not having a cat. We've discussed this many, many times. We're not going to have a kitten. But pastor, he pestered me and pestered me. The only thing I could think of doing was to say, I'll tell you what, Johnny, let's kneel down here in the garden. And we'll pray to the Lord Jesus. And if the Lord Jesus wants to give you a kitten, he'll give you a kitten. Pastor, you are not going to believe this. When we pray, coincidences happen. And when we don't, they don't. Awesome. <laughs> so if you'd just like to kneel now and ask the Lord for When we pray, coincidences happen. And when we don't, they don't. And, you know, if we did a survey this morning, we get a lot of different responses on the thought around prayer. Is it that important? And, and what does prayer look like? And, and is it relevant in today's day and age? You know, it's interesting. At the moment, I've, uh, I'm working in the gym at the, the physiotherapy clinic in Karoi, and I'm doing a lot of training with people who walk in looking very strong and extremely fit. But when I get them on the floor to do very simple, minor core exercises, they cannot do it. Their physique looks so built up and strong, and yet they fail to build first a foundational element in their physique, which is the core. And I feel like the church has got amazing arms and muscles and strength to it. But let's remember, if we are not built first in the foundation of prayer, we won't be able to handle the things, the fiery darts that come our way. And I feel like that's a personal word for you and I as believers also, is that when we come into relationship with Jesus, we've got to develop a prayer life that is of constant. It's a constant thing in our world because it's the core element to everything else God wants us to be built up in. Amen? Jesus made prayer a priority. We read about Jesus in Scripture. In 33 years of his life, he was sold out to prayer. Now, Jesus came with a purpose, and he understood his purpose on the planet. He knew why God had sent him. But it didn't stop him from prioritizing prayer with his father. He knew that if he had to prioritize that communion with his father to make his purpose um, be able to be played out. Amen? On earth. And so we read in Luke 4 verse 42, Now when it was that day, he departed and he went into a deserted place. Jesus knew 
that there were times in his life where he needed to withdraw from the ministry and the people that were all around him to go and be with the Father, to continue on the purpose that God had for his life. And you and I know that we have been created for a purpose. But if we are not constantly going back to the one who created us and having communion with him and fellowship with him and building that relationship with him, our purpose will play out in not the direction God wants us to play it out in. Jesus knew his purpose on earth. And he was well aware of the goal to take on the sin of you and I and mankind. But he knew he had to prioritize that place before the goal. You know, we're reading about the Olympic Games starting to to rear upon us and all the athletes are getting excited and so they ought. Four years of tiresome training and effort and eating right and and dieting and training and and it just, four years. You know why? Because they've all got a gold medal inside. They know what they want. They're going for the prize. They're after that goal. But how many of you know that they're not going to just rock up after four years of doing nothing and hope to goodness they get the goal? They have been preparing and and preparing and, and getting themselves in the most physical shape and condition and form that they could ever imagine to go after the goal. And Christian friend, you and I have been called to live a life here of purpose. And we need to train ourselves. We need to get ourselves right with God daily. We need to understand that he's got so much for our lives. Do you know it's more to me than me? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in you this morning, the hope of glory. There's so much more to us than us, amen? Hallelujah. Because when I look in the mirror, I don't want to just see me. I want to see Christ in me. That's the reflection. When I meet other people that don't know him, I want them to see Christ in me. Christ in me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Goals come by placing priority in place. Goals come by placing priority in place. What is it that you want to obtain in your life? What is it for God that you want to do? What is it for your kids that you want to accomplish? What is it in your business life that you want to see happen? What is it in your financial career that you are believing God for? Put some goals in place and then put some priorities in place to get yourself to those places. I found in my Christian walk, when it's become dry and a bit arid and I feel like my prayers are bouncing off the wall and, and you know, things are just eking out week after week and, and attitudes creep in and my mindset changes a little bit, it's only then that I stop and reflect on the weeks past and realize my commune with God has kind of taken a little bit of a side seat. And I'm here to tell you this morning, we're all human and it happens. And because you know why? The enemy is trying to vie for our attention, more so than the world. Because we're the ones that have got the hope and the glory and the answer. And why would the devil just sit on his backside and let us go? Him and his demons are up to the the, the work of the devil to try and bring us down. But we hope, we friend have the hope. And the fact is that Jesus fought the devil, and we read that the keys of hell were taken and broken and that there is absolutely no condemnation for those who are now found in Christ Jesus, that there's no shame and there's no guilt and that we live under this grace umbrella that Christ has created for us through the shed blood of the cross. And now that sets us up for a purpose of of living a life full, amen, full 
Christians, our goal, our number one goal should be to know the Father more, to know Jesus Christ more. That's one of the core keys to our purpose here on this planet. We were created to have fellowship with God. We were created to have fellowship with Him. And how do we do that? Through prayer. What is prayer? Talking with Him. As simple as that. Now, if you've got your Bibles, I want to turn with, uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 16. And we're going to read from 16 verse to 25. Thank you. Now, it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who bought her master's much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed. Hallelujah. It's in the Bible. A human being greatly annoyed by another human being. Come on. There it is right there. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. And verse 19, but when their masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. <laughs> Excuse me. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans. And it goes on. Uh, verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put on them into the inner prison and fastened their feet with the stocks. And verse 25, and I love this, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. This is an incredible passage of scripture and I, God just gave me so many gold nuggets out of this as I was just praying over it and reading in it. You know, I just believe that so many Christians today want to pray. They have a desire to pray. They intend to pray, but it still actually doesn't happen. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe they're not sure how to pray. Maybe the busyness of life kind of gets in the way, but out of this scripture, I want to share, I believe it's more. And this is what God gave me. How many of us can relate to being on our way to pray? <laughs> I'm just going to go, I'm just going to pray. And the phone rings. Oh, yep, hello. And you're outside and then 20 minutes have gone and then you've got to pick the kids up from school. And hang on, I was going to go and pray. Or we've gone to bed, we've got into bed and it's nice and cozy and warm now that it's getting cooler in the evening. And we're just going to pray and we'll just grab our phone quickly and quickly just flick on and see, you know, social media, who's done what in the day. And, and then uh, we'll close that off and we start, Father, thank you for today. And, and you wake up in the morning you're like, did I even say amen? <laughs> come on, who can relate? We've been on our way to pray, and as a result, something's come along and distracted us or stopped us. And I really want to point this out to you, the spirit of divination. Do you know it's one of the only spirits in the Bible that was named? And let me draw out to you what this name actually means this morning. It's actually a Greek word for python. Now, what does the python do? They're non-venomous. 
They don't come in and strike and bite you. And if they do, it's only, it doesn't hurt. And if it does hurt, it's only a little bit, but you're not going to die. They kill their prey by choking or by suffocating or by hindering their prey from breathing air. In a matter of minutes, their prey will either faint or die from lack of oxygen. How interesting to see that the spirit of divination came up against Paul and Silas on their way to pray. What is the enemy's plan? To steal the breath out of Christians. What is prayer? Your breath, your spoken word, your commune with God. How did God form the earth? With the spoken word, let it be. There is power in the breath of a Christian, amen? There is power in the prayer of a Christian, amen? There is power in our spoken word, friend. And if I can point this out to you today, Paul and Silas were on their way to pray and God, the devil knows how powerful Christians are when they pray and when they're in commune with God and when they speak out the word of God. And so he sends this spirit of divination in a girl to try and suffocate what Paul and Silas were going to do. Wow. But we read in verse 25, in the midst of no hope, in the most inner, dirty, stinking jail, chained, whipped, bruised, probably cold and wet. And we're talking miserable. Friend, we wouldn't even understand jail life the way that they experienced jail life. And yet they prayed and they sung praise. And as a result, God came and broke and loose the chains off everybody in that prison and the, the prison gates were flung open. It's an incredible story because if you read prior, this spirit of divination came up to rob them. And, and I believe it's not just distraction or laziness as Christians go about praying. It's the enemy's distraction and deception to send that spirit of divination to try and suck the breath out of Christians because he knows how powerful we are. We knows how powerful this word can be out of our mouth. The enemy wants to steal our breath. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. What do you need to face in your life right now? And you need to speak to him and say, let it be so. Let that healing happen. Lord, let that financial breakthrough happen. Lord, let that church grow. Lord, let that salvation happen in the name of Jesus. Come on. Now, I want to read for a minute. Paul writes interesting words again in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. There's always going to be circumstances surrounding us that can or will stop us from praying. Always. So I'm here to tell you today, let's open up our spiritual eyes and be aware that you and I are humans on a fallen planet and there's always going to be challenges and life situation and storms that are going to come up to try and rob us and steal our breath from praying out with conviction what it is God wants us to say and believe for and stand on his word and accept. And Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, rejoice always. How many of you know that's a hard thing to do? <laughs> Pray without ceasing. Okay, yep. And in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do you want to know what your will is here on earth? Read this scripture again. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Joe had an epiphany this week. 
Can I share it with you? I'm going through an extremely challenging stage with my four and a half year old. And it's, it's been months now and it, it kind of gets a little, it's getting a little bit worse. Um, and incredibly defiant, and in, the, in a minute could be the sweetest angel, and then literally in the next minute, no, with a foot stomp, pardon? And um, I found myself getting frustrated, and more and more frustrated, and actually arguing back, and yelling back, saying, well, I'm the parent, and, and finding myself talking with a four-and-a-half-year-old and trying to make myself righteous in the moment. And I had an epiphany this week. I woke up and I thought, I have not gone to God and prayed about this child's situation. <laughs> and then God showed me something. It's not her situation. It's mine. <laughs> I was like, what, Lord? And God showed me, spend time with me and get yourself right in me. And as a result, you will act differently toward her. And God will give you the grace to deal with those circumstances when you need it. I realized something, friend, that when we are challenged and when we are faced with a situation, it's often us that needs the uh, correction, amen, rather than the situation itself. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I said to Luke, babe, I'm expecting to wake up every morning, and I know most of us mothers have, today's a new day. I'm not going to yell. I'm, I'm going to be patient. I'm just going to love my children. And 20 minutes later in the kitchen, eat your breakfast. Get on the chair. Do this. Come on. And then you're in there going, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry. You know, I really had the right intention. Come on. And I realized I had to change something. I had to go to God and say, Lord Jesus Christ, she's created in your image. And I'm not sure how to deal with this circumstance, but you need to deal with me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, in this moment. Help me to be more patient. What are the fruits of the Spirit? What do we get out of prayer and communion with God? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, patience, peace, kindness. Is there somebody that's annoying you? Pray. What did Paul do? He turned around to the annoyance and it wasn't the person, it was the situation. And he said, come out in the name of Jesus. What's annoying you? Turn to it and speak into it this morning. This attitude is built on an acknowledgement of our dependence on God. This pray without ceasing that Paul was trying to get across to us. Most of us know that getting on our knees for 24 hours is never going to happen. So what on earth was Paul trying to convey to us through this scripture? Pray without ceasing. It's impossible to be on our knees 24 hours a day. However, it is possible to have a prayerful attitude at all times. At all times. My friend and I went shopping the other day. And uh, just looking around the shops and when you go shopping with your mate, you're together and it's good conversation and you're talking with one another and you go and have a coffee and throughout the day there's, you know, when you're shopping there's times where you go off and you do your own thing and then you meet back up again and so there's times of quiet and there's times of silence but then you're, back, but you're very aware that you're there together and you're shopping together and, and spending that time together and, and such is so with Christ in our life that we need to wake up every morning and be aware that he's with us 
always. And even though we're going about our daily routine and we've got to do the things that we're called to do here on earth, that he's with us always and to be thankful always and to rejoice. And Lord, thank you, Father God, even if there's people in your world, just Lord, just give me a word for them today or God bless them today. And we can be thankful at all times. And I believe that's what Paul was trying to convey is that we would have this prayerful attitude at all times to realize and acknowledge that we can't do this life without him that we need that dependence on him and that is not surrender friend that is empowering us to do what God has called us to do while we are here what is prayer it's talking with God communing with him conversing with him a Christian I believe's most powerful resource is communion with God through prayer some see prayer as a last resort when all else fails, I'm, oh, Lord, now I need you. Now I help. Please, God. But actually, this is the backward approach. Prayer should come first because God's power is infinitely greater than ours. And so why would we not go to the source first of power? Amen? We're given a model of prayer from Jesus himself as a guideline on how to pray. And it's found in Luke 11, and just for the sake of time, we'll just read it briefly. But Jesus begins the prayer with a recognition that God is sovereign over all. There's that first Thessalonians uh, pray without ceasing attitude. God, you're above all. Lord, you, you are number one in my life. You are the person that I need most when I wake up in the morning. You are the person that I need most when I go to bed at night. Jesus I love you. He says, God is Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It doesn't say our God in heaven. And Father turns it into an adoption where you and I are intimately connected to a Father figure rather than a sovereign God. He is a sovereign God, but he's made it personal through his son Jesus Christ and now he is Father. He is father friend. Perhaps you've grown up with no father figure in your life. God is your father. He is not a powerful uh, presence ready to throw a lightning bolt at you this morning. He is father. He intimately desires you, loves you, and has sent his son to die on a cross for you so that you would live this life with purpose. God is father. Jesus must have amazed those around him by dressing God as father. You see, because the Pharisees had never used such a title to address God. They had never heard God being referred to as Father. And so for them, that was very foreign. As Father, hear me, God is concerned about your needs. A father, when he hears his son or his daughter say, Daddy, Daddy, he's not going to turn his ear away. He's going to listen to his son or daughter and say, what is it that you need? And God is our Father this morning, and He cares about your needs, and He wants to hear your heart's desire, and He wants to hear what it is that you're believing for and desiring and need in your world. It's so easy to drift off in prayer. We all know. When we're in a deep conversation with someone, we're focused on them. If we before prayer just stop for a minute, here's a key this morning. When you go into prayer, just stop for a minute and remind yourself who you're praying to. Stop for a minute and remind yourself who you're praying to. 
God, the Father who loves you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Remember that song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in the light of his face. And the things of earth shall, shall grow scarcely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Beautiful hymn, but it's true. And I can honestly say from my journey that when things have overwhelmed me in the world, circumstances, situations, it's not until I turn back to him and look and get into prayer and commune with him that they seem insignificant and they fade away. That desire to know him more, hallowed be your name, just means that he's holy, he's reverent, he's amazing, he's graceful, he's powerful. Thy kingdom come. We don't have to wait until eternity to see his kingdom. It can happen now. And it's time that the church wakes up. We've got the power and the resource of heaven in this place right here, right now. And let's get passionate about it. I just thought to myself for a minute this morning, imagine if every person this morning walked through those doors fanatical about Jesus Christ. What would church look like? It's got to be any football. It's got to be better than any football game you ever go to. I mean, they just kick a lump of pigskin around. Seriously. How can they get so excited about it? And yet we've got the hope of glory. The guy that defeated death, standing at the right hand of Father, interceding on your and my behalf as we go around and fluff around with our lives. And I don't know what the will of God is for my life. Come on. Let's get on the path of being purposeful Christians for the name of Jesus this morning through prayer, amen? And I just want to finish as we close this morning. Thy kingdom come and we go through, but it's only then do we come to the fulfillment of our needs. Give us this day, forgive us our sin, lead us in, not into temptation. And as I draw to a close, the word our, through this prayer, makes the Christian experience a shared one. That we were never meant to do life on our own. And I want to ask this morning, who's in your world that you can begin to pray for that needs to know him? Just this week, unfortunately, Luke has lost one of his mates due to suicide. And he only saw him earlier in the week. And we're just conversing about it as the week passed on. Oh, could I have done more? Hindsight's a, an amazing thing and, and, and sometimes not such an amazing thing. But I can tell you there is so many people out there and we didn't know it was at that extent. But who really ever does? And I'm asking through a commune, through a prayer life, that that relationship with God, the Holy Spirit will prompt you to pray for somebody else. Pray for that person. Step out of the boat. Step out in prayer. The Christian faith is a shared experience. It's not an isolated one. And I want to make sure that there's everybody out there that knows that they're not on their own, that it doesn't have to get to that place, that there are people that genuinely love them and care for them and, and, and want to see them live a life of purpose. The following is a simple poem, but it does have a strong message about the shared nature of Christianity. You cannot say the Lord's Prayer and even once say I, 
You cannot pray the Lord's Prayer and even once say, my. Nor can you pray the Lord's Prayer and not pray for another. For to ask our daily bread, you're including your sister and your brother. All God's children are included in each and every plea. From the beginning to the end of it, it does not once say me. You know, I just got such a heart to see the churches expand and grow like never before. Friend, there's so many people in Noosa and the surrounding areas that live and wake up every morning with no hope and no purpose and they are on this merry-go-round of life where the enemy is constantly whispering to them you're nothing you're worth nothing you're doing nothing with your life you're stupid you're this you're that and labeling them and they're walking through life coming to a place where there is no hope and yet on the other hand we see this gathering this morning of you and I who are so incredibly blessed to know him and to know the purpose for our life here and one of them is through prayer and let me encourage you today as you pray with him he will build a relationship with you and you will go to a new level in prayer you will go to a new level in praying for other people you will go to a new level in your service for him you will go to a new level when you walk through those church doors because you're passionately in love with Jesus you know I won't for the sake of time, read it. But Revelations 8, 1 to 4, and it's a great passage of Scripture. If you're taking notes, write it down and read it. But let me tell you where your prayers go. This is when the Lamb opened the seventh seal. There was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Silence in heaven. Verse 3 says, Another angel came down and stood at the altar, holding a golden pan for incense. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's holy people. Not one prayer is ever unheard. Not one prayer ever goes unanswered. That God hears every single prayer from the little child, dear Jesus, let me go to sleep, to the person on their knees saying, Father, I need a miracle. Aren't you glad that God loves you this morning? And that he hears your prayer. He hears my prayer today. I feel there's a word for some of you, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. I feel it's a word right now that you basically got to a place where you're not even praying anymore because you don't even know what to pray because you haven't seen answers to prayer. And as a result, that python spirit is starting to suck the breath out of you, I believe. Do not grow weary. God, in due season, you will see a miracle. God, through His grace, through His glory, do not grow weary while doing good. Do not grow weary while doing good. Let me finish with this. Action begins in heaven when someone on earth prays. Action begins in heaven when our saints get together and they pray here on earth. Why don't you stand to your feet with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Just while every eye is closed right now in this moment, if you don't know the Lord or you're not in right relationship with Him and you know because this morning your heart is beating, 
and you're like, Lord, I've drifted. I've drifted away. But today, I'm making a decision to come back with you. Just while every Christian is praying and every eye is closed, is that you in this place and you want to get right with Christ today? I want you just to lift your hand up and say, yeah, pray with me, Michelle. I need to get right with God. I need to get Him number one in my life again. I need to pray that prayer. I need to repent. I need to make sure that when I walk out of these doors, that eternity is the place that I would rest if such an accident happened that took my life today. If that's you in this place, while every Christian is praying, Michelle, I need to say that prayer. I need to invite Christ into my life. Would you just slip your hand up? Would you just slip your hand up right now and say, yeah, pray with me. Awesome. I see that hand. Anybody else today? Anybody else today? Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. And perhaps in this place right now, every eye closed, you know that that spirit of Python, that divination spirit has come upon you to the point that you feel you just don't know what to pray anymore. In fact, you can't even open your mouth because you don't even know if God's hearing your prayer. It's a lie this morning from the devil. And I'm going to stand with you in this place and we are going to pray and believe that that spirit would be gone in Jesus' name and that your prayer afresh today would be life-giving and would see miracles come in the name of Jesus right now if that's you. Yep. That's you. Awesome. Hands raised. Anybody else? Yep, I see that hand. Anybody else? We're going to pray, friends. We're going to pray because prayer unleashes the power of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen, if you just lifted your hands, I want to pray with you this morning. We're going to ask Lauren just to lead us in worship. And I'm just going to encourage you to step forward as we close this morning. And would you come out in prayer? And let's just believe right now in this place that you would leave free today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.